Uh, Genesis chapter number 3, if you will. Uh, Turn with me uh, there to Genesis chapter number 3. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 6 of Genesis chapter number 3. And um, for the sake of time, uh, we'll just remain seated as we, uh, I read along here. You follow along in your Bible, if you will. The title of the message for the, uh, the message tonight is The Power of Choice. The Power of Choice. Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The power of choice. Uh, Choices. We make choices each and every day. And we have uh, consequences that come along with those choices. And so hopefully, Lord willing, this evening, uh, it'll be a reminder for us to be careful uh, as we make the decisions that we make each and every day, particularly when it comes to bigger decisions, but even everyday, normal, smaller decisions. Uh, let's have a quick word of prayer, and we'll ask the Lord to uh, speak to our hearts tonight. Father in heaven, Lord, we pray corporately as a church body, as a church family, that you would forgive us of anything that would hinder our fellowship with you and would hinder your presence from being uh, obvious and and evident here tonight. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would cleanse our hearts, our minds, and our souls, dear Father. Holy Spirit, may you have free reign here this evening, and may you speak to each each and every one of us and help us to hear exactly what we need for our lives, that we might glorify you in a greater fashion. Thank you again uh, for White Oak Baptist Church. Thank you for the missions program here. Thank you for the galleons and the work that they're doing in the Philippines. May you bless them and their people, Lord, and those that are fearful, Lord, we pray that you would encourage and, and strengthen them. Those that are without income, we pray that you would provide for their needs. We pray the same for our people here in the United States, dear Father, and our people here at White Oak. Uh, may your will be done in our lives. And, Lord, bless the teaching and preaching of your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There was a girl <clears throat> excuse me, who was a high school senior. She had grown up in West Virginia. She went to a Christian school all her uh, school years. And <clears throat> Pardon me. She was taught by her parents and the church leaders at her church to live a life that would honor the Lord. She had standards in her life. She had convictions. Her senior year in high school, uh, they took the, the, the kids, the seniors there, to, uh, on a trip, on a senior trip to San Francisco. Uh, they were going to see the sites. They were going to go visit the Golden Gate Bridge and, and the various sites that were out there. And when they got there, this particular Christian girl, this girl who had convictions, this girl who grew up in a Christian home, in a Christian school, this girl who had standards in her life, uh, she met a boy. She met a guy when she was there, and unfortunately she, she was infatuated with this young man. And uh, she, she said that she fell in love with this young man, and she spent almost the entire time on the senior trip in San Francisco with this guy. The, the rest of the group almost didn't see her hardly at all. And uh, this was the first boyfriend, in her mind, a boyfriend that she had ever had. She was sheltered. Uh, again, she grew up in a very sheltered home, a Christian home, a, a protected home. And, and uh, she, she, she was there, and she met this boy. She 
fell in love, so to speak. And when they were boarding the plane to head back home to West Virginia, uh, her newly found boyfriend went to the airport to see her off. Uh, As she went to board the plane, he gave her a little box, a small box, a little gift box. And and then he gave her a a kiss and, and and he asked her not to open the gift box until she was on the plane and then she left. The girl didn't understand why the, the boy, her, this boy whom she fell in love with, uh, was smiling her uh, at her at a, in a different kind of a way, almost a suspicious way. And she was excited nonetheless. She thought, well, this box looks like a, you know, a ring-sized box. And, you know, her, her, the excitement just was welling up within her. And she sat down on the plane and she looked out the window to see if she could see him. And, and, and once the plane began to pull away, she immediately began opening the box. When she opened this box, she saw a little miniature coffin that was made out of toothpicks. She thought that that was odd, and when she opened the little miniature coffin made out of toothpicks, she found a note. The note read this, Welcome to the Club of AIDS. This young girl who was raised in a Christian home went to a Christian school had standards and convictions, went on this trip and was infatuated with this young man and unfortunately did things that she should not have done. She made a choice that impacted her for the rest of her life. She eventually did get tested and she found out that she was HIV positive. One decision, one choice that changed her life forever. You see... Every day you and I make decisions. We make choices. And those choices have immediate uh, consequences. And and many times those choices also have eventual long-lasting consequences. You see, we make spiritual choices. We make financial choices. uh, We make relational choices. We make political choices. And we also make moral choices. And so we have to understand that the choices that we make impact us Many times immediately and many times also eventually, uh, there's some long-lasting results as well. Basketball player A.C. Green was once asked why he chose to remain morally pure during his NBA career. Uh, He was an adult. He was an NBA basketball player. uh, And and he was a Christian man, or is a Christian man, I should say. And uh, he said this when he was asked. He remained uh, celibate. He remained uh, uh, pure his entire career. And eventually he did marry. But he said this when he was asked that question. He said, quote, I have been given the power of choice. I have the power to make a choice. However, once I make that choice, that choice has power over me. And he said, the reason I chose that is because, first of all, it's going to honor the Lord. Second of all, because I understand that the decisions that I make will impact my life now and in my future. You see, our our worldview is not expressed mainly in the words that we say, but really, truly in the decisions that we make. In our passage in Genesis chapter number 3, we see uh, a decision being made by Adam and Eve. And that decision had some tremendous consequences. Not just immediate consequences, but eventual long-lasting consequences that we, unfortunately, are living uh, proof of those consequences even today. Their decisions have set a tremendous precedent. 
And so hopefully tonight I'm hoping that we can uh, study this, this decision that Adam and Eve made, that we're all very familiar with this passage of Scripture, this story in the Bible, uh, and hopefully we can learn uh, to be careful, very careful, when we make decisions in our life. Let's look at uh, the point number one. We have three points, a few subpoints. Point number one, we see the incorrect logic. The incorrect logic. Uh, they were incorrectly thinking this thing through, uh, not thinking it through uh, correctly. Uh, Letter A, under point number one, we see disbelief. Disbelief. The incorrect logic began with disbelief. Look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. Verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Uh, Notice what Satan is doing here. He's saying, Are you sure that's what God said? Are you sure that this Bible is really the Word of God? Are you sure that that's really what you should do? And uh, you see, Satan uh, wants us to doubt. Satan wants us to disbelieve. Uh, Satan wants us to distrust this book. And we need to be careful that uh, we don't allow Satan, the devil, and, and our flesh and the world and the enticements of this world uh, to cause us to, to disbelieve what God has said. You see, because it doesn't matter how we feel. What matters is... What does God say? And our feelings aren't always going to line up with Scripture. Now, thank the Lord, at times our feelings do line up with Scripture, but we have to understand that our feelings many times are not going to line up with Scripture. And who are we going to believe, our feelings or our Heavenly Father? And we've got to be careful. So we see uh, the incorrect logic is, is disbelief, uh, going by feelings, letter B, letter B under point number one, we see dishonesty, dishonesty. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 3 and look at verse number 2. We see disbelief. And now we see dishonesty. Verse 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. Now this is where Eve made a mistake. Now God gave Adam, in Genesis chapter 2, He gave Adam the command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This was before Eve was ever created. So either Adam relayed this message to Eve, Uh, And she's misquoting Adam, or she's just downright lying. You see, she's adding to what God has said. And so look at it again, verse number 3. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, uh, and here is just a blatant lie, Ye shall not surely die. You see, God says, God says today is the day of salvation. And what does Satan say? He says, you know... Not right now. You can wait till later. Uh, you can wait until you've sown your wild oats. Wait until you've had a little fun. Uh, wait until you have time. That's what Satan does. He lies. He tricks. He deceives. And he did it here, obviously, uh, to Eve. We must remember, I know the Bible doesn't tell us uh, what fruit, what kind of fruit was on this, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I know a lot of people t- t- portray it as an apple. We don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us. Uh, but either way, we have to remember that all of Satan's apples have worms. Amen? doesn't matter how good they look, how shiny they look, uh, how tasty they look. Uh, they all have worms. All of Satan's good times that he wants us to, to strive for and go after, they all end in heartbreak. And so be careful, Christian. Be careful as you're choosing, as you're deciding, as you're making decisions, because your choices will have an impact on you immediately, and your choices will have an impact on you eventually. 
uh, long term. We see disbelief, letter A. We see dishonesty, letter B. Let's look at letter C, discontentment. Discontentment. You say, well, well, Pastor Morales, I, I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe what God says, uh, even at times when it goes contrary to my feelings. Okay, well, fantastic. That's great. Uh, well, Pastor Morales, you know, I, I don't change the word of God. I don't change what God has said. I, I believe it just as it's written, uh, just as he inspired it, just as he preserved it. Okay, that's wonderful. Fantastic. I'm glad that that's the case. Uh, letter C is probably a little bit more far-reaching. Uh, we struggle more with letter C, I think, than we do with letter A and B. Discontentment. Look at uh, Genesis 3. Look at verse 5. Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Ye shall be as gods. You'll be, you'll be just like God. Uh, you'll know as much as God. Uh, you'll be as important as God. Uh, you'll have as much power as God. You'll be as gods. Maybe you won't be uh, greater than God, but man, maybe you can get a little bit close to being like God. We see secular humanism uh, is not just in the 21st century where we see it. We see it in the very first uh, family, the first couple in Adam and Eve. We see Satan here uh, pushing secular humanism. Uh, look at verse number 6. Verse number 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Notice she saw that it was good. Uh, she, she desired. She said, man, this will make me smart. This will make me wise. Uh, she had the, the lust of the flesh. She had the lust of the eyes. She had the pride of life. All of these things, position and power and prestige and, and all these things that most people in the world today want. They want power. They want position. They want prestige. They want money. They want fame. They want uh, uh, to be liked by everyone. And, and these are desires that we in our, in our flesh, we have, and we're not content with what God has given us. Look at what God did here. God gave Adam, he gave Adam and Eve, uh, Adam specifically, directly, he gave Adam uh, dominion over all the earth, over all the animals. He gave them dominion. Uh, he gave Adam uh, the mist coming up from the ground to, to, to water the, the vegetation and to cool him in the heat of the sun. Uh, God is providing. God is providing. He gave him a wife to help him, a wife to assist him accomplish God's will. Uh, he gave him uh, all these things. He gave him a job to do. Uh, he gave him work. He gave him a wife. He gave him wherewithal. And yet still, Adam was not happy. Adam was discontent. Adam still wanted more. Now, we can uh, slice and dice this all kinds of different ways and say, well, he chose because uh, obviously he, he wanted to, he knew and, and he chose willingly to, to, to fall so he could be with, with Eve and all sorts of things. And, and I'm not saying those are wrong, but listen, he chose because he was discontent. He wanted more than what he already had. He had a wife, he had work, he had wherewithal, he was blessed of God, uh, God, he walked with God in the cool of the day. What else could you possibly want, Adam? And yet he still chose to make the wrong decision. Uh, we see point number one, incorrect logic. Now, Christian, tonight, I'm looking at the clock, make sure we end on time, all right? Christian, make sure uh, when, you're, when you're thinking a decision through, uh, make sure you're not using incorrect logic. Uh, you're not using the pride of life, the, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. You're not using uh, the, the worldly, carnal uh, uh, indicators to help you make your decision. 
I heard somebody say one time, it was a preacher uh, who was an older preacher giving advice to younger preachers, and he said, he said this, he says, doubt is never a yes. And I thought, hmm, that's profound. Because when we're trying to make a decision or we're trying to choose something and we have a small amount of doubt, uh, he says, listen, doubt may be hold on or doubt may be later or doubt may be, you know, uh, not right now. But doubt is never, doubt is never a yes. I can raise my hand and say that I've made some yes decisions with some doubt and I've lived to regret them. I, I wish I had time. I'll, I'll tell you about when I, I had a salesman. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you real quick. I had a salesman come to our house one time. And he was selling a, a, a freezer, a meat freezer, and, and a monthly installment for, for uh, uh, supplies of meat every month. Oh, he got me. He got me good. I mean, it was one of those, you, you know, you got to get this deal now, one of those impulse buys, you know. Anybody ever make one of those impulse buys? Oh, my goodness, I regretted that thing, making that payment, uh, having the meat. I couldn't even eat all the meat. There's so much meat in this freezer and the payment. I eventually ended up selling that freezer and getting rid of it. I, I, I think I paid that for about a year or so man that was a, a bad decision listen when in doubt don't uh, we see the incorrect logic number two number two we see the individual liberty the individual liberty look at uh turn to genesis chapter number four genesis chapter number four everybody still with me tonight everybody still awake amen all right genesis chapter number four look at verse number one genesis four verse number one and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And uh, uh, the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy, thy countenance fallen? Now look at this. This is God speaking to Cain. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If you do the right thing here, Cain, everything will be fine. If you make the right decision here, Cain, you'll be all right. You'll be accepted. Look at verse 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well... If you make the wrong decision here, Cain, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Hey, Christians, can we all agree that God has given us a free will and volition to make choices? Can we all agree that God is a perfect gentleman? He's not going to force anyone to do right, anyone to serve him, anyone to live from. He's not going to force you. He's not going to force me. Uh, he's not going to force any of us. He's not uh, programmed us as robots and puppet us as, as his little minions to, to worship him and praise him. He wants us to choose that volitionally, whether we feel it emotionally or not. And so we see here he has given Cain an opportunity to choose uh, and listen Every generation has to choose. Every generation. And every member of every generation has to choose. You remember when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, God had given him the Ten Commandments, uh, and he came, he came down and he saw the children of Israel. They were worshiping the calf. You remember what he said in Exodus chapter number 32? He said, who is on the Lord's side? He's saying, you need to figure this out. You need to choose 
if you're going to be doing this calf worship, this, this false God worship thing over here, or if you're going to be on God's side. You need to choose. Every generation has to choose. Pastor just preached this past Sunday, uh, uh, Joshua, at the end of his life, as he was giving his, his, his finishing uh, uh, comments to the, the, the nation of Israel, he says, hey, uh, uh, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the gods of the Amorites or the gods of, uh, of, of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell? Or, or are you going to serve the gods uh, of, of, on the other side of the flood? He said, but as for me and my house, I choose to serve the Lord. I choose to serve the Lord. Every generation and every member of every generation has to choose. We have to choose. You remember Ruth? Ruth, after her husband died, her sister-in-law's husband died, and Naomi's husband died. They're all, Naomi's going back to Israel. She says, I'm out of here. I've come here. It's nothing but horrible things happening. I'm going back home. Naomi says, I'll go with you. Ruth says, I'll go with you. Naomi says, no, you stay here. You stay with your people. You remember what Ruth said. She chose. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, she says, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And here it is, the last phrase. And thy God, my God. You see, Moses came down and says, Hey, you got to choose. Joshua said, Hey, you got to choose. Ruth uh, says to Naomi, Hey, I choose to, to worship your God, the God of Israel, the true and living God, Elijah on Mount Carmel. Uh, in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21, he says, how long halt ye between two opinions? Listen, why are you straddling the fence? Uh, he says, if, 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 uh, uh, if Baal is God, then follow him. But if the Lord God of Israel is God, then follow him. You need to choose. You need to decide. Every generation has to decide and choose to serve God and every member of every generation. Pilate stood before the people and he asked them when he brought the Lord Jesus and, and, and he brought Barabbas. He says, who do you choose? Who do you choose? Whom will ye that I release unto you? Of course, we know they said, give us Barabbas. We choose Barabbas. We don't want the Lord Jesus. We don't want him. Crucify him. Every generation and every member of every generation has to choose it's our individual liberty and so let's make sure that we choose the lord jesus christ we choose the word of god uh, we choose uh, his service uh, serving him living for him honoring him by the way christian you have a choice every morning you can choose to read the bible or you can choose to ignore reading the bible you can choose to pray to god or you can choose to ignore praying to god when you get in your car, you can choose to put it on the Christian radio station or the Christian music, or you can choose the other kind. You have a choice. You can choose when you sit down in front of your computer or in front of your television or when you have your cell phone in front of you. You have a choice as to what comes in through your eyes and ears. What are you choosing? Let's make sure we're choosing to honor the Lord. Let's look at point number three. Point number three, we see the inevitable lot. The inevitable lot. We see the incorrect logic, the individual liberty, and finally, the inedible, an inevitable lot. Every decision we make has a consequence. And our lot in life, our, our quality of life, so to speak, uh, it is all determined by the decisions we make. 
I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of people saying, well, it was my upbringing. It was my parents and it was my neighborhood and it was this and it was that. No, 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 no. The, the life that we live is the way that it is because of the choices we've made. Now, granted, the choices that our parents made and, and our grandparents made and other people have made around us, they do affect us, no doubt about it. But listen, ultimately, what our life amounts to be or not is because of what we choose. What we choose. Uh, we see letter A, the immediate result. The immediate result. Uh, turn back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. The immediate result. Look at verse 14 of Genesis chapter number 3. Verse 14, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, so he addresses the serpent, he addresses the devil, because thou hast done this, thou art, here's the immediate result, cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. That's the immediate consequence. Immediately. Verse 15. Here's the eventual consequence. And I will put... Eventually, in the future, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it, the seed of the woman, shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the eventual consequence. All right, let's look at verse 16. Verse 16. He, said, he spoke unto the serpent, now he speaks unto the woman. Unto the woman, he said, I will, here's the immediate result, the immediate consequence, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And all the women who have had children say, thanks a lot, Eve. Amen? (laughs) It's not easy. I'm just glad I'm not a woman. Anyway, so we see the immediate result. Let's look at the rest of the verse here. Uh, And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. That's the eventual result, the long-lasting result. Uh, You are to be subordinate to your husband. Uh, we see immediate, uh, we see eventual. Look at verse 17. And unto Adam, unto the man, and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Man, we know. It's, it's tough. Work, slaving, trying, just constant, getting up in the morning, going out and, and putting in the time and working and working. it. Man, it's tough. It's tough. Thanks a lot, Adam. Thanks a lot, Adam. That's the immediate result. He says now uh, it's not just work dressing and keeping the garden. It's not just the mist of the, the, the ground coming up and, and, and keeping you cool. No, no, no. Now you're going to sweat. Now you're going to toil. Now you're going to struggle. Uh, to be able to provide for your family. Now look at the, uh, look at the eventual result, the long-lasting result. Uh, verse 19, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. The eventual result is, is death. Uh, you're going to die. Oh, yes, you didn't die physically immediately, but you will die. You died phys- or spiritually immediately. You will die physically eventually. And Adam and Eve's decision have affected them, they affected them immediately and has affected all the rest of mankind eventually. We see the immediate result. Let's look at letter B. We see the imminent result. The imminent result. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, we just alluded to this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have 
sin. Adam as the head, the first man, the the head of the human race, the result of his sin was far-reaching. Was far-reaching. And dad, dad, if you're a dad here this evening, if you're listening at home, your decisions are far-reaching. Mom, mom, if you're a mom here tonight, if you're listening, your decisions are far-reaching. Oh, by the way, not just moms and dads, grandmoms and grandpops, but also uh, children, hey, your decisions are far-reaching are far-reaching. They don't just affect you. They affect others around you. They affect your family. They affect uh, uh, your, your church family. They affect uh, your, your siblings. They affect other people. Make sure you're careful when you have the power of choice. There was a Christian couple that had grown up in the same church together. They had dated for several years, and eventually they were engaged to be married. Right before the wedding day, his quote-unquote, friends, his friends threw him a bachelor party. At this party, the atmosphere got a little wilder than this man expected it to get. They brought in alcohol. They began to get drunk. They even went as far as to bring in a dancer, a prostitute. Somehow they convinced this man, this man who was a Christian, this man who met his eventual wife in church, uh, to go off to the side with this dancer. Uh, He was intoxicated, uh, under some influence, and he ended up doing the unthinkable. Miraculously, his fiancée never found out about this bachelor party. She never found out about this episode with the dancer. And he asked the Lord to forgive him, and he went on with his marriage. They had a good marriage. After about the second year of marriage, the wife got pregnant. Six or seven months after their baby girl was born, they realized that something was wrong with their daughter. She didn't really focus well, and when someone was talking to her, she wouldn't look directly at them, and she didn't seem to have a good perception of what was around her. And a few more months went by, and finally they said, we need to get her checked. We need to take her to the doctor. And they found out that their little girl was blind. Well, they asked the obvious question that any mom and dad would ask the doctor. Why was our daughter born blind? The doctor says, one of you has a social disease. The wife objected. She stood up from her chair. Her chair slammed back. She says, no way. It's impossible. That can't be. Uh, We're from Christian families. We grew up in church, and and we serve the Lord, and we have convictions. It's impossible, doctor. you got to run those tests. Again, the problem was when they went home that night, the husband had to explain to his wife that it was possible. He had to explain to her what happened that night of the bachelor party. Somehow they salvaged their marriage. She forgave him and they went on with their life. Uh, And in one day, several years later, the father was in the living room. He was reading. He was relaxing. His little girl walked into the living room. Uh, She was feeling her way around because obviously she was blind. She couldn't see. And uh, she found her way towards her father. And she she reached up to her daddy and and she climbed up onto his lap. She felt her her father's face. She said to her father, Daddy, why can't I see like the other girls can see? Daddy, why can't I see the sunrise like the other girls can see the sunrise? And several questions like this, and and her father was just overwhelmed. He he couldn't take it anymore, and he he took his daughter off of his lap. He set her down on the floor, and, and, and he walked into his garage, and he took a firearm, and he took his life. And he took his life. Every decision we make 
has immediate consequences and has eventual consequences. That means it's time for me to stop. Amen? <laughs> Joe's telling me, it's shut, the, it's the, shut it down. Uh, listen, God has given you and I the power to choose. Let's make sure we're careful. Let's make sure we're prayerful. Let's make sure we're sensitive to what the Holy Spirit... Because Adam and Eve, they were flipping about their decision, and it affected them, but it's affected everyone ever since then. And when I've made a flippant decision, it has affected me, and it's affected my wife, my children, uh, my, my siblings, my parents. It's affected other people, my church family at times. Let's be careful how we make decisions. Romans 14:7 says this, For none of us liveth to himself... And no man dieth to himself. We can say, well, it doesn't matter. It's just me. It doesn't matter. Uh, It won't affect anyone else. I guarantee you, your choices, your decisions will affect other people. How about it tonight? The power that God has placed in your life and in mine, the power to choose. Uh, Let's not be flippant. Let's be careful. Let's be prayerful. Let's do all that we can to be spiritual when we make those decisions. Let's bow together for a prayer. Lord, we do love you tonight. Lord, we thank you, dear Father, for this reminder. Nothing new that was covered here tonight. Uh, nothing uh, that was revolutionary. But, Lord, a, a, a good reminder for all of us. Lord, we understand that you have given us a free will and a free volition to make decisions. But, Lord, we pray that you would help us and you would guide us and you would instruct us, Lord, on how to honor you in those decisions. Lord, help us to please you. In our, in, your, in our decisions, and, and consider others, Lord. Lord, please, bless others through our lives and the decisions that we make. In Jesus' name we pray.